Hi everyone and welcome to the latest version of the Yellow Card. It's been a wonderful New Year, so happy New Year to all of you and happy New Year, Dipen. What are your thoughts on this past weekend's action, the way the league has started based on this year, and the title contender? Happy New Year, Chirag. What's up, everyone? So we're wonderfully poised, I think, in the in terms of the table and the league. Manchester City and Manchester United doing their bit to catch up to Liverpool and Liverpool obliging. two of them by their own performances so it's a very interesting uh, position in the table right now so liverpool are equal on points with manchester united just one ahead of leicester city manchester united also have a game in hand the position is such that if liverpool lose the next game and the other other round of games goes uh, as per plan then liverpool could be looking at a possible sixth position after game week 18 thoughts chirag <laughs> I honestly I don't know what to say I have no thoughts not good but but honestly this is a problem that we have caused for ourselves and last last weekend when I said that we have only ourselves to blame and oh, we're never going to win the league with these kind of performances you said I'm being too hard on Liverpool and just in a matter of one week look at how the tables have turned look at what's happened Uh, for me, this started off right with the draw at Fulham. We we drew against Fulham. We drew against the Baggies, and you can see that we have problems because the loss against Southampton just makes it very clear that despite having so many attacking options, we're definitely the goals have dried up all of a sudden the last last couple of matches, and that's just shocking. And without Van Dijk, then in the heart of our central defence. it just makes for a sorry affair and klopp really needs to find solutions now and he needs to find them fast klopp with his statements is uh, sounding quite like a i mean he's starting to whine a little bit this <laughs> seems like that's always a few complaints here and there no matter what the performance or what the situation if somewhere wriggles out some statement from somewhere about other teams getting the better better luck of the draw or something of the sort and uh, just very unlike him although f- at least unlike him of the past uh, four seasons so that's something that is more worrying than the actual performance because just before this three game stretch started for liverpool we were talking about how good they were in terms of the attack and even though battling through the injuries when they scored 7 against uh, i think crystal palace and everything seemed to be in place at that point and something just after that switched off uh, amidst all the sala and mane talk and the talk about some rumblings in the camp and suddenly these performances just adds to all of that uh, rumors that that were floating around well honestly i think he's probably been feeling the pressure ever since liverpool won the title i have noticed very i don't know what the correct word to use over here but there's a big difference in his style of press conferences the way he approaches the press deals with the media whether it's a little arrogance whether it's a pressure getting to him he seems on the defense more often than not and i'm not sure what the actual reason is but it's something that i think he's going to have to take a look at and sort out if going forward if he really wants the respect of everyone else and there's no denying that he's done a wonderful job at liverpool but things need to change for him things need to change for the team and like i said 
they need to change fast because going moving on from liverpool let's talk about united for a second and for the most part of the season until now i think even me in the in the previous episodes of the yellow card i've actually you know spoken about united in what could only be described as united bashing and look at where they are they are literally if they if they make use of that game in hand they will be top of the league they will be ahead of liverpool and that is all credit to oli despite the fact that they've gone out of the champions league and in spite of the fact that they're ready now i believe to sell paul pogba finally he's not actually played a big part of this season and i think even without making van de beek a, a permanent starter even without having uh, cavani up front regularly whatever he's done all said and done uh, and with all my criticism and criticism from the rest of the press he's actually managed to get united in a strong position and uh, moving on uh, after i get your thoughts on that we'll probably talk about city as well because they're right up there but first before that your thoughts on ole and united yeah they've made a complete turn around there complete 180 degree from what they were uh, the kind of performances that were coming in to now now it's not just the initial pattern of uh, you know going falling behind and then making a comeback they started to dominate games more often and the wins are coming thick and fast the goals are coming thick and fast i think in the last four or five games manchester united is amongst the top 3 in terms of chances created shots on target and goals so it's really working that the football is flowing much more than it was leading up to december i think absolutely absolutely 100% agreed with you and they they find themselves in a very very good position and i remember not only as far as united bash it is united bashing because what i did was not only criticize pogba i've criticized oligan solskjaer i've criticized the the way they've not been playing cavani i've uh, I, we've discussed henderson and de gea but uh, not, well while i've not really criticized that i've certainly criticized their captain and their defense so it's amazing that they managed to get themselves in this position and definitely for the first time i'd like to acknowledge all credit to solskjaer <laughs> and all credit to manchester united because uh, they finally look in a position that uh, they really want to be uh, and it's been years that you've seen united in in such a commanding position moving on now what are your thoughts on manchester city and pep guardiola because they actually i believe had a nice 3-0 victory 1 victory against chelsea this weekend looked the part absolutely from the start to end and literally bought lampard to tears it was absolutely dominating performance from city right at the start i mean i I remember messaging you that City uh, Chelsea are getting killed by City because in the first half itself Chelsea could have easily been 5 goals down it was only 3-0 at the first half but it could have so easily been 5-0 it was a real masterclass from Manchester City that first half at least after that maybe they controlled themselves a little bit but in that first half it was a pure masterclass from Manchester City and uh, obviously they came off a bit of a rest because the previous uh, match was uh, is postponed so they have now two games in hand as compared to liverpool and uh, they they are looking strong it looked a couple of weeks back it looked like manchester city you know has kind of given up on the title race but uh, no they're right up there i think they just uh, if if you assume both wins in the games in hand then they probably just i think they're ahead of liverpool by a couple of points Yeah I'm going to say that I just agree with your comments and leave it at that because <laughs> I don't have any words with 
what's going on. I, I I can't believe that Liverpool now could literally go sixth after the next round of matches. And bear in mind that if I'm not wrong, the next round, next match is against United. And, and, and if you look at it, that's exactly why Klopp has actually got into somewhat of a boxing match with Ole and he started commenting on uh, the amount of penalties that United get. And he's done this fairly early with a week to spare for that game. Yeah, I think there's a round of matches in between in which uh, Liverpool are not playing. So, Liverpool's next match is, yes, actually against United. So, yeah, that that would explain the kind of comments that came out of club. Statistically, yes, Manchester United have been getting a lot of penalties. But then, it's okay. It's not, it's not like the time of the old, right? When there was no war and things like that were not there and... You know, you could assume referee bias. because, But now, even if there is referee bias, it gets checked by VAR. So, unless you're assuming that the entire institution is biased towards Manchester United or against Liverpool, then that, that is a whole different scenario then. But, yeah, I think it's just a little bit of mind games. And, yeah, it's come to a position where that might be actually needed. Similar to Liverpool, I think Chelsea are also facing a huge downturn in their performances. They they have uh, I think only one win in the last four matches or so, uh, so that they they've been having a tough time as well. So what's going on there, Chirag? It's surprising because again, completely completely opposite to what I've been saying all along on the yellow card, where I think I've been saying that uh, uh, Chelsea look like they know what they're doing. They're getting stronger and stronger, and it's only positive and, and onwards and upwards from here from Chelsea. It's been a very, very quick downturn. All of a sudden, Lampard seems shaky. He, his job seems under pressure. He doesn't seem to know what his best eleven is. And um, when I say that, I mean on the top side of the pitch. Because when you're talking about his defence, I think that's fairly set in Thiago Silva, Kurt Zuma, Reese James and Ben Chilwell, along with Mendy in the goal. So, his problem lies up front, which is strange because he spent an abysmal amount of money up front, bearing in mind that he's bought in the likes of Zayich, Timo Werner and Kai Havert. To top that, he has an embarrassment of riches in any case because he's got Giroud in full form, probably one of the best you know, performances in his career where he's just scoring goal after goal. Tammy Abraham's not doing too badly either. You've got Pulisic who's come back from injury. So, I actually don't have... Oh, I would love to know the reason why they're actually where they are currently in the league and how they've actually managed to perform so badly in the last four matches. So, it seems strange to me. It's something that, again, along with Klopp, Lampard is going to have to find a solution and a quick solution because, remember, he's probably not going to get afforded that kind of time because Klopp's been there at Liverpool for five years. He's a proven manager elsewhere and he's gone and finally won the Premier League with Liverpool after a good 30 years. So, Klopp will get afforded that time and I don't see any drastic measures being taken by Liverpool. Whereas Chelsea, on the other hand, they, you know, Lampard, literally, I think Carragher had actually mentioned in one of his interviews that Lampard's probably got the job based on his past Chelsea career. He's only ever managed, I think, at Derby before that. So, he doesn't have a lot of experience to draw on himself. So, there will be pressure from, from the management, pressure from up top, where Roman Abramovich may actually be thinking of a change if things don't change around for Lampard and Chelsea in terms of their fortune soon. So, that's going to be very, very interesting to see. And I think moving on, uh, unless you have something else to add on Chelsea, the pain, 
we can move on to two other London clubs and why don't we start with your favourite Arsenal? Because that's again a big swing in fortune all of a sudden and they all of a sudden I think Arteta looks like he knows what he's doing <laughs> and they've come alive and oh yes, we don't actually need Ozil. And again, it's all happened in the span of the last three games. So maybe 10-12 days. So I was just uh, about to segue into that saying that you know, the difference between Chelsea and Arsenal is now only three points. And after 17 games each, they're, all, they're both on seven wins each. So, uh, despite everything that has happened before the last three games, or I mean, it's a matter of eight days. In that eight days, the swing has been so drastic. The gap between Arsenal and Chelsea has almost disappeared. Dramatic swing for Arsenal as well. I mean, since Boxing Day, three good performances, three good wins. And as I mentioned to you earlier before this uh, this podcast, that, you know, Arsenal have now more wins, more goals in in last eight days than they had in two months before that. So it's quite a turnaround and uh, definitely it'll give... Arteta at least uh, some breathing space. He brought in the youngsters. There were quite a few players missing. He brought in the youngsters. Smithrow has done well. Saka has done superbly well. And uh, Martinelli chipped in a little bit. Lacazette has started scoring. So things really look like they've turned around a little bit. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think the major change in fortunes in the swing, upswing for Arsenal and downswing for Chelsea, actually started maybe... Around the time of Arsenal versus Chelsea, when Arsenal beat Chelsea and beat them comfortably. So, uh, quite interesting to see how fortunes have just changed drastically and dramatically after that match. But yeah, I think a lot less pressure all of a sudden now. A lot less pressure faced by Arteta. And uh, you have to give him credit because he was faced with probably an unprecedented amount of pressure over his short period as Arsenal manager and his short actual managerial career and for the moment he seems to have pulled the rabbit out of the bag and warded off some of that pressure for the time being at least. Let's move on now Chirag to the special one. Any special comments for Tottenham and their performances over the past few couple of weeks? Well my favourite Jose, what can be said? I think the only thing I can say is I'm really proud of him right now because He's led Spurs to a cup final recently. They Yes, they were expected to beat Brentford and they certainly did 2-0 in the Carabao Cup. But it's going to be uh, a final match where he's either going to play the likes of City or United. And I think that's going to be decided tonight itself. And I would love to see him play United in the final and get one up on United and lift a trophy after a very, very long time for Spurs. They've been waiting for it. That's why they brought him in. That's what he's here to do and I think it's worked out. It will have worked out beautifully if he can actually make that happen. Now, coming back to the Premier League, again, Jose pulled one out of the bag because it was a masterclass against Bielsa's Leeds. I believe they won 3-0. And uh, again, to his credit, his tactics work. The way he's putting out the team seems to have worked. And yes, I don't know whether overall him parking the bus, so to speak, or him just playing the slow counter that he likes will actually work through the course of the season. But don't forget, we're midway or almost midway through to the season and they're still right up there as title contenders. They're still very much in the Europa League and they're in the final of the Carabao Cup. So, whatever he's doing, he's keeping them definitely in business. The only thing that I would probably like to see in the second half of, a, of the season is an injury-free bail and an attack which includes Kane, Son and Bale. And if 
and I'm sure the, the, the Tottenham fans feel the same way. And if that actually ends up happening, then you can say that both Tottenham and Jose will have had a successful season. And then you could even consider maybe perhaps extending Bale's loan. Because right now, like I had said last week, it's not yet worked out. But if they can turn it around in the second half, it'll give them a chance to run for the title, make a good run for the Europa League, as well as maybe if they actually lift the Carabao Cup, nothing like it. And bear in mind that everything doesn't rest on the performances of Bale because they've not really needed him. Kane and Song are looking really splendid, probably the best attacking duo in the Premier League, if not the world right now. And if they can just be given more freedom, the license to go do what they do, I think without Bale also, Tottenham really, really looked apart. Yeah, against Leeds, it was kind of the match that you know this Tottenham side under Mourinho would enjoy because Tottenham uh, Leeds go out on an all-out attack. They play very open football, which perfectly allows this side to do what they do best. I mean, Kane and Son combination works fantastically against this kind of in this kind of a match. So that that's perfectly, and they're sitting as you said, they're still on that fourth spot. So which I think brings me to my next question, Chirag. Who do you see finishing at the top four? You made a prediction very early on. Are you sticking with that or are there any changes now? I think for the moment, I'll stick with that. I'm going to go and say that Liverpool and City will still end up 1-2 and two, and Tottenham will still manage to get in there. Like I said, my favourite top two would be Liverpool and Spurs, but I think it would be Liverpool and City in the top two positions. Spurs, I do expect them to squeeze into the top four and while Chelsea are doing badly right now, I still think that they have the ammunition with or without Lampard to get themselves in the top four. And I'll be very, very surprised if United don't falter, if Leicester don't falter, or if Ancelotti finds it in him to actually get the get the players to play a consistent style so that Everton can find themselves up there. I don't see it. I, I still don't see Arsenal recovering to that extent either. So the only thing that has thrown me off right now is the fact that Leicester are still hanging on. Although, if you look at recent history in the past, they do kind of drop off in the second half of the season, even after having such a strong performance. So, I do expect them to drop off. Other than that, the only surprise that I can think of is United. They're actually coming good. And I'd be happy to see them do so, as long as it is at the cost of Chelsea and not Liverpool. But I think that Chelsea have more firepower to actually get themselves back on track and into that top four. United actually, in terms of the attacks, seem to have... They're a big club that seem to have a small club problem in the sense that they're very highly dependent on Bruno Fernandes right now. So, it's almost like if Bruno Fernandes goes missing or goes out of form or gets injured, they'll suddenly be left with a hole that they won't quite know how to fill. So, that is one thing that can stop Manchester United from getting into that top four is what I feel. Otherwise, they would be there and probably at the expense of... I, I think I'm still hopeful of Chelsea. So, I think I, it'll probably be at the expense of Tottenham that Manchester United would get into the top four. And the top two stay the same. I think Liverpool and Manchester City have just have too much quality despite the season. A season like this where... You know, two or three good games and you're at the top and two or three good bad games and you're struggling suddenly. But despite that sort of a season, the two of them, I think, have the depth in the squad and the quality in the squad to, you know, get through. I'd be clearly 
above the rest. On behalf of Jose, show some respect, man. Show some respect. <laughs> you see this? It's three times. Three championships. And you're saying that Jose is not going to be able to get his side into the top four this year. Let's see what happens, my friend. We'll talk at the end of the season. Uh, let's see at the other end of the table. What what do you think is the relegation battle looking like? Well, I think it's fairly simple in my books. Sheffield United, for me, dead and buried. Let's not talk about it. The game is over. I think then West Brom, Allardyce or no Allardyce, they're going down and going down and how. So, I'll be very, very surprised if Sam Allardyce can get his side out of this one because it will be no greater than any magician's trick. A proper, proper pulling the rabbit out of the bag for him if he actually manages to do so. But my prediction is there is no way he's going to do that. So, if I say that Sheffield United are dead and buried, then no disrespect, but West Brom are halfway there. It's literally, they have one side. One foot in the grave as far as West Brom is concerned. My only question would be, who's going to take up that last spot? Would it be Fulham? Would it be Brighton? Who is going to actually take up that last spot? And for me, I think I would have to say that it's going to be toss-up between a Brighton side and maybe a Burnley or Fulham. And, and, and I would imagine that at the end of the day, Fulham are going to go back down. Yeah, I think what are your seems thoughts? Fair. I think it seems fairly set that uh, Sheffield and I think Sheffield haven't gotten a win in 17 games. They've only managed two draws. So, I don't see any way for them to come back. I mean, that that would be, uh, that would break all records, I think, they've <laughs> for them to come back from this kind of a position. And West Brom also, as you said, Allardyce or no Allardyce, I think uh, the season for them is looking very grim. And I would think Fulham would be the third team to go down. Brighton, I think, have enough to probably pull this through. Well, at the end of the episode, if everyone's heard that, the pain actually agreed with me. So, <laughs> wow. We agree not on the top four, but at least on the bottom three. So, let's see how that goes for the both of us at the end of the season. And I think we can call it a night at that debate because let's end on a good note. We've chosen to agree with each other. Thank Absolutely. you all for listening. It's been wonderful pleasure talking to you about both the top half and the bottom half of the table. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Good night. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. 